The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Well, uh, we're still uh, on that same uh, mountain, right? We just came out of the Wealth Builders uh, Conference, and man, it was powerful. I'm telling you, it was just uh, inspirational. At the same time, it was uh, uh, informational, if there's a word. Amen. Uh, but we, we are still talking about, you know, God wants you to prosper. Uh, God wants you to live an inheritance uh, for your children's children. Amen. That's God's will uh, for every single one of us. And uh, this is the reason why right at the beginning, if you read in Genesis one twenty six uh, to 29 in the Message Bible, if you will, uh, it says this in the Message Bible. It says, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them how? God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. And, and you know, he's the one who created them male and female. Uh, 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 somebody didn't assign it to you. I met someone, he says, I was assigned male at birth. No, you are a male because God created you male. Can I get an amen? Amen. Man, it's crazy. How dumb can you get and still breathe? God blessed them, prosper. God said prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, uh, take charge. Be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. And so we say this, and I'm going to say it again, that the first thing God ever said to mankind was prosper. Amen. God wants us to prosper. And the second thing was, he said was reproduce, fill the earth. In other words, uh, spread all over the earth. And, uh, you know, with that in mind, we, we learned that this is the reason why God uh, created the Garden of Eden and not the entire, you know, uh, uh, thing. He didn't plant the whole earth. He just planted a garden and he took that garden and gave it to Adam. And he said, now, Adam, fill the earth. Take this thing and let it spread all around the earth. And we said what that means is when God gives you an idea, when God gives you a vision, it's always going to start small. It's always going to start, uh, um, you know, in a garden setting. But this is what he then said after. After that, he said in verse 29 in the NLT, he said, look, if you're reading in the King James, you would say, behold, he says, look, take notice. Behold, I've given you every seed bearing plant 
throughout the earth and all the uh, fruit trees for your food. And so God pointed out to uh, Adam, the first man, that what he had given him had seed in it. And the reason he's pointing him to seed is because when God gives you a, 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 a vision, when he gives you purpose to, to, to live it out here on the earth, it's similar to God giving you seed. It possesses uh, infinite potential. They say you can tell how many seeds are in a fruit, but you can't tell how many fruits are in a seed. Amen? And so every time God gives you something, it always comes as a seed. And our responsibility is to uh, uh, seed the potential, watch this now, in seed form ideas. Because the tendency, see, seeds, seeds don't look pretty. I don't know if God did it intentionally, but seeds don't look pretty. I mean, I always bring up the avocado, the little brown thing in there. Uh, if you take uh, grapes, you know, not the one seedless grapes, that's, that's not grapes. That's, uh, I don't know what it is, because what happened to the, to the seeds? Nobody ever thinks about that. Amen. When you eat grapes, what do you do to the seeds? You spit them out. You treat them like, man, what is this seed, right? But, and and I, I don't know if God did it intentionally, but God made uh, seed look unattractive. Yet, the potential in seed is, is infinite. And sometimes, just sometimes, your purpose may look unattractive to others. Just sometimes, the vision God has given you may not come in a glossy folder. Sometimes it comes wrapped around dirt. Sometimes, you know, for you to find diamonds, you have to dig in the rough. Can I get an amen? And so the value is in asking the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to see the potential of seed form small ideas that God gives to you. Seed form uh, uh, resources that God entrusts uh, you with. This is why scripture says, do not forsake uh, uh, the days of, of small beginnings. Do not despise it. The days of, of small beginnings, don't treat it like trash. You need to value it. Why? Because everything in God will start small. Everything will start small. Man, I wish I could come here and say, hey, listen, we're going to have a, 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 a humongous a big Sunday for big things. And, and when you come, we're going to pray, and we're going to pray a big prayer for big things. And all of the graduates, I could invite all the graduates, come to this service, we're we'll praying for you, and you're going to get a, a big job uh, a position at a big... Uh, a, I wish I could say that and then get people to come out and pray for them so they can get these big things. After all, they've been doing case studies as CEOs in, 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 in college. So they're ready. No, things don't work like that in God. There's a thing called faithfulness. There's a thing called uh, process. Can I get an amen? And so what God did when he said, you know, I've given you a fruit, or I've given you seed, what God did in every single one of us is God put innovation, he put creativity, he put ingenuity in every single one of us. God is the ultimate creative being. And, and when he says he created us in his nature, part of that nature is we are creative beings. God has never called any one of us to live our lives at the place of copy and paste. Yes. God has not called you to the ministry of copy and paste. Amen. God put creativity on the inside of you so you can cut a new path. 
Man, you don't have to sit around looking at what they're doing next door. Say, oh, look at that. Oh, the grass is green. Oh, look at their flowers. You don't know what they're doing over there. We were talking to uh, Dave and, and, and Karen, you know, Metcalf. They, they do house renovations and stuff. And Karen was telling us, hey, we went to this house. The grass was brown. And she had an idea. What was the idea? She went and bought spray paint. True story, green spray print. And she went and sprayed that grass. And overnight, the grass became green. Now here you are, uh, 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 lusting over your neighbor's stuff. Yeah, man, that, that ain't, that's not even grass. Amen? And so God has not called you and I to a, what started as a garden. God knew that it would end in the book of Revelations as a high-tech city with 12 foundations, all of them made out of precious stone. God knew that. And he had put the creativity in Adam to move it from a garden to a city. The reason why God didn't just build it as a city is because God was looking for co-laborers. This is the part that we miss, you know, as grace people. We don't realize that God is doing something, but he's not doing it all by himself. He's looking for co-laborers so we can join in on the work that he's doing and he will empower us as we join in on the work. Amen. And so we see a story uh, in Genesis. Let's go to Genesis. But before we, we go there, you know, let me just uh, prove it to you that God has given you, you know, the, the, the spirit of creativity. Go with me to John 16, verse 13. John 16, uh, verse 13. Why? Because, you know, Billy said it last week. He said you don't get paid for time, but for the value that you bring. Amen? And part of this value that we bring as children of God is, is creativity. We bring solutions to a dying world. Amen? And this is what it says in John uh, chapter number uh, 13, verse 16. It says, uh, uh, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. If you're reading in the original, King James, it says, and he will show you things to come. Now, if you go to any uh, uh, Christian uh, that attends church regularly and say that statement, and the Holy Spirit will show you things to come, immediately they will relegate that statement to religious things. Say, oh yes, Pastor T, the Holy Spirit will show me things to come with regards to the end times. Eschatology, that's what we call it. The, the study of the end times, the, the Antichrist, the 666. The Holy Spirit can show us things with regards to that. And we relegate the Holy Spirit to minute religious things that have got nothing to do with our everyday purpose. A lot of people relegate the Holy Spirit to just feelings if they are doing really well. You know, Billy would say if you're cooking with the grease, right? You would relegate the Holy Spirit to just, just religious things. And this is why we, say, we sing songs like, all I need, Holy Ghost, is just to touch. Touch me. The Holy Spirit wants to come and live on the inside of you. Fill you up to the brim. 
until you overflow. And all you're going to settle for is just, just a touch. All I need is a touch. A goosebump. Ooh, I felt that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is here. And so what we do is we relegate the Holy Spirit to just religious things. And, and, and as we walk out of here, most of us will park the Holy Spirit somewhere in the corner, somewhere in your seat. Say, Holy Spirit, stay here. I'm going to see you again next Sunday when we sing the fast songs and get into the slow ones. And the Holy Spirit is saying, man, I want to go with you to work. I want to show you things to come with the regards to the industry that I've called you to operate in. Because I've not called you to a ministry of copy and paste. I want to show you something. I want to show you something that's so cool. It's going to bring promotion to you. Amen. And so when he says he will show you things to come, man, a lot of people truly, honestly, and earnestly, you know, sincere in their ignorance, they believe that the, the, the Lord can't work a spreadsheet. They don't think God can work a MacBook. They don't think God can use an iPhone 13. Say, so after all, he's God. The ancient of days. With Father Abraham and Moses. With the rod. Back in Genesis. And this is why they don't bring the Holy Spirit in the boardroom. And they're missing out. Man, I'm telling you, God is way ahead of our time. God was not surprised when we finally discovered the internet. He knew all about it before he created Adam. Amen. Amen. It's us who needed to keep up and catch up. God is sitting in heaven saying, come on, keep up, catch up. Amen? Amen. Do you realize that, I mean, this thing could have sped up if we were in tune with the Holy Spirit? A lot of people think that technology would have interrupted the, 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 the redemptive story of Jesus still coming and dying for him. No, it wouldn't have. It would have just made life more convenient. Daniel could have sent an email to King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not bowing. <laughs> kind regards, Daniel. And it still wouldn't have changed the story of redemption, Jesus dying for you at the cross. It's us who need to keep up with what God has released in the earth realm. And how do we do that? We allow the Holy Spirit to show us things to come. He's not just a spirit of goosebumps and butterflies in a service. You pastor, pray for me, and then I fall down and get up. Then what? It's the ministry of solutions. He wants to show you things to come. Can I get an amen? Watch what he says in Isaiah 45. Watch what he says in Isaiah 45. He's talking about King Cyrus, right? Sometimes God has to go to the unbelievers because they, they believe in this stuff more than the church folk. And in this case, in this instance, God went to a king, and, and a secular king called Cyrus. Now, if he's given this promise to a secular king, I'm telling you, he's given the same promise to the church. He went to a, a secular king, his name was Cyrus, and he was going to use him to uh, uh, subdue uh, 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 Babylon. At the time, Babylon was the uh, biggest economy uh, in the world. It was the most advanced economy in the world. It was the most uh, uh, innovation, if you will, uh, um, in the nation was in Babylon. They uh, created the uh, tr free trade as we know it, you know, uh, uh, governed by the market forces of supply and demand. They uh, developed, you know, uh, irrigation and stuff. So things were happening in Babylon. And every other country, every other nation would look at Babylon and say, man, how can we ever top that? 
And God came to Cyrus, getting ready to use him to top Babylon. And this is what he said. He says, uh, thus uh, says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue the nations before him and loose the armor of kings to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked paths straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give to you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of the secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by name, I am the God of Israel. And so God says to, you know, Cyrus, what I'm going to do, what you're looking at right now in Babylon, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you something better. And what he was saying to Cyrus was, what's impressing you about Babylon is nothing but a crooked path. Now, what is the shortest distance between any two points? Innovation. You can say I heard it at church. That would tweet. Shortest distance between any two points is what? Innovation. And so what the Lord was saying to, to, to Cyrus was, what you're looking at right now is a, is a crooked path. I'm getting ready to give you a straight path. Now, let me break it down to you uh, and for you uh, a little bit more. You know, uh, many, many years ago, in the early 1900s, the, the shortest distance between Johannesburg and Cape Town was uh, an animal drawn cart three weeks later. Three weeks was impressive. That was a straight line. And when God looked at that from heaven, he said, that's a crooked path. I wonder if anyone would believe me for something so I can give them a straight path. And there was a gentleman called uh, uh, Henry, Henry Ford. He, he, you know, discovered the four-stroke engine, as we know it as a car, a motor vehicle. And uh, it cut that distance uh, between Joburg and Cape Town, the crooked path that, you know, we thought was a straight path, three weeks, cut it to what, 20 hours? And so the, the, the straight path became 24 hours, and we were basking in that, getting excited. Man, listen, five, 20, I mean, from three weeks, it's impressive, right? 20 hours, and we think, man, this is the straight path. God is looking from heaven saying, man, that's crooked. Why should it take you too long? It's taking you 20 hours from Cape Town to Joburg. And then, you know, the uh, Wright brothers, you know, Wilbur and them, they found out about flying and now cut that thing from, you know, 20 hours to two hours. And every single one of us in this room are impressed by two hours. But I'm telling you, if you went to heaven, if you tapped into the spirit, that's a crooked path. See, just a few of you saying amen just because... Because, you know, from this side, it looks impressive. Now, I came to talk to someone who you've been killing it in your business. You're doing well. You're killing it. Man, you think, you think you're cooking with the grease. But if you were to tap into the heavenlies, man, you'd realize that God is more for you. There is a straight path. God has already gone before you and he has created a straight path to, to move you from where you are. Man, God can, can, can triple your, your sales margin. God can triple your, your income in a year. God can, can, can increase that. And, and, and how does he do that? You will, you will make that crooked path. There's a crooked path that's been impressing you. You will make it straight. Now, where do we see that in scripture? Let's go to Genesis uh, chapter number 29. 
Genesis chapter number 29. Uh, this is, you know, Jacob, he understood this, that you don't bring uh, time to the marketplace. You bring value. You bring solutions. You bring innovation. See, a lot of people are trying to get promoted, uh, but they're doing it uh, the wrong way. You know, and, and I'm going to help you do it the right, the right way. So Jacob received the blessing of the Lord. That's a spiritual enablement and empowerment for him to prosper. But he understood that just being blessed of the Lord does not produce in and of itself. You've got to take the blessing. Why? Because the Lord blesses the what? The works of your hands. You've got to take the, the hands that the Lord has blessed and, and apply them to something for you to get something out of it. Amen. And so Jacob went into the marketplace with the blessing. He didn't go into the marketplace with a title. He went with the what? With the blessing. He didn't go with the title. And he understood that the blessing is the anointing of God, which is the enablement of God for you to what? To provide solutions. Man, we get paid for solutions. We get paid for value. That's what we're going to get paid for. And we get promoted, not for titles, but for solutions. And so he didn't walk around saying, do you know who I am? I'm called the blessed of the Lord and the highly favored. In fact, if you go to the book of Acts, you know, the disciples, remember the story at the end of the Gospels, uh, Judas Iscariot, you know, sold Jesus, right, for 30 pieces of uh, silver, and then he killed himself. And so in, Je in Acts chapter number one, you know, uh, Peter had read a scripture that says, you know, one of them was going to die in anguish and that he was going to be replaced by another. And so Peter wanted to, uh, uh, um, you know, replace uh, Judas Iscariot. And so he decided to toss a coin, go and read it. They called it casting lots. So he took a Justus and Matthias and he said heads and tails and flipped a coin and it fell on Matthias and he gave Matthias a title. But that's all we heard about Matthias. Because it's not in the title. It's the only part Matthias is recorded in scripture. There was another dude called Paul. Didn't have a title. But he understood how to solve things. He understood how to bring value. What was his uh, a, a value proposition? His value proposition was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Matthias had the title, <laughs> Paul had solutions. That's why we know more about Paul. Man, this will preach. I some of my friends in the, in the ministry, I'm trying to tell them, get solutions. Get, get, preach the gospel. Get the people, get something. Allow the anointing of God to, no, they don't want that. They want a title. Brother didn't pass uh, uh, matric. I hadn't seen him in three months. When I saw him, he was a doctor. <laughs> doctor so-and-so. Now, I went to school a little bit. I know it takes three years to get your undergrad, an extra year to get your honors, uh, a master's how many years? Two years. What are we on now? Six years. A Dr. Wilma here will tell you, still doing a PhD. Now, after you finish your master's, she, she told me, she said, it ain't no child's play to do a PhD. How many years now have you been at it? You finished now. Dr. Wilma, officially. <clears throat> How long did it take you? Five years. 
We're looking at 10 years. Brother ain't done none. You got the audacity, the unmitigated goal to introduce yourself. There's Dr. Tafari. Bro. I'm just saying. It's no one in here, so don't get offended. Amen. And so Jacob knew that it's not in the title. And so he went into the marketplace. Watch what happened. Uh, verse 1, I'm reading in the Message Bible. Jacob set out on his way to the people of the east. He noticed a well out in the open with three flocks uh, of sheep bedded down. And this was the common well which the flocks were watered. The stone over the uh, mouth uh, of the well was huge. When all the flocks were gathered, the shepherds would roll the stone from the well and water the sheep, and they would return the stone covering the well. And Jacob saw them and said, Hello, friends, where are you from? They said, We are from Haran. And Jacob said, Do you know Laban, the son of Nehah? We do. Are things well with him? Jacob continued, Very well, they said. And here is his daughter Rachel coming with a flock. And Jacob said, there is, this is the kicker. This is the Holy Spirit innovation. This is the anointing working now. Jacob said this. He said, there's still a lot of daylight left. Isn't it time to round up the sheep? Yet is it. So why not water the flocks and go back to grazing? What Jacob was saying is, I can double your productivity by opening up the well right now at noon. Get the animals to drink the water and we can go back to grazing. Instead of your old way, crooked way of doing it, where you have to wait until it's 5 p.m. to open the water for the animals to drink. And so he's saying we can double the productivity. And watch what he said. Uh, uh, while Jacob was still in conversation with them, uh, oh, no, 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 no. They replied, right? <laughs> he says we can go back to grazing. Listen to what they said. They said we can't. Did you, see, did you see that? We can't. We can't do it. They said we can't. Not until all the shepherds get here. It takes all of us to roll the stone from the well. Not until then can we water the flocks. I remember the one time, man, I joined uh, this organization. I was, I was on fire. I was ready to go. And, and it's always typical with the people who've been in an organization for too long. Sometimes they stick around too long. They just, you know, start taking everything for granted. They don't want to go somewhere. And so I went in there, man, I had ideas. You know, I'm trying to get them. Let's do this. And all of my other, you know, uh, uh, team members in my team, just, we can't. No, we can't. Don't worry about that. Man, I'm come up with a proposal. I'm ready to go and out and man, do all the slides and I show them. And they would all laugh at me. And say, ah, yeah, don't worry. In about a year, you'll be like us. <laughs> And here's the problem. Yes, here's, here's the mistake that I made is that I hung around them. It's called the law of association. Whenever you hang around with someone, it's either they are making their effect on you or you are making your effect on them. Unfortunately, they made their effect on me. And I became like them. I joined the weekenders. And we were all stuck. Holding hands, singing kumbaya. Thank God Jacob didn't get stuck. This is what he said. 
uh, uh, they said, you know, not until all the shepherds get here. It takes all of us to roll the stone from the well. Not until then can we water the flocks. While Jacob was in conversation with them, Rachel came up with the father's sheep. She was the shepherd. The moment Jacob spotted Rachel, daughter of Laban, his uh, mother's brother, saw her arriving with his uncle's sheep. He went and single-handedly, someone say single-handedly. Now, back there, they said it takes all of us. Jacob did it single-handedly. Back there, says it takes all of us. Jacob did it single-handedly. That's the supernatural release of the power of God. Better known as the anointing. You know, some people think it was the girl, but that's the wrong way of reading the scripture. The pastor, it was Rachel. It says right there, when he saw Rachel, then he single-handedly. No, it was the anointing. You got to get spiritual with these things. Amen. He watered the sheep of his uncle Laban, then kissed Rachel and broke into tears. He told Rachel um, uh, that he was related to her father and that, you know, he was Rebecca's son. She ran and told her father. When Laban heard the news, Jacob, his sister's son, he ran out to meet him, embraced him and kissed him and brought him home. Jacob told uh, Laban the story of everything that had happened. Now, uh, Jacob is doing all of this before he has a contract signed, a contract of, of employment. He's got initiative by the Holy Spirit. He, he knows that there's more where that came from. And so he's not, he's not holding back. You see, some of you, God releases ideas, innovation, and, and stuff uh, for where you are right now, for the organization you're working for right now. But because you're so uh, scarcity-minded, you're not giving them out because you think that's all you're ever going to get. Some of you are holding back saying, man, I'm going to start using these when I leave this organization. Maybe that's why you won't leave that organization. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When Jacob had been with him for a month, Laban said, just because you're my nephew, you shouldn't work for me for nothing. Now, now here's, here's, here's something that's powerful. All of us, because of the grace of God and the anointing of God, we should be hearing these words on a regular basis. If we start applying ourselves by the grace of God and allowing the, 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 the value, the, the, see, life is about value, it's about giving value. It's about a value proposition. And, and Jacob knew that. Even in our personal lives, man, I'm telling you, even in relationships, what is your value proposition? You can't just be trying to get something. In, marriage, in a marriage relationship, what are you going to give? What are you giving? Marriage is not a give and take. It's a give and give relationship. Can I get an amen? If you're not, if you're not there to serve your spouse, you are in trouble. Why? Why? Because uh, uh, I, I say this and I'm going to say it again. In a, uh, selfishness, marriage relationship, will treat, it will be brutal to selfish people. That's how God created it. Marriage is brutal to selfish people. Oh my goodness. It, it will beat you up. If yourself, I'm telling you the truth. I've seen people who look lively and, and, and it's like the glory of God is on them, man. They just, oh man, they're glowing. And then they get married. 
and their ageometer, ageometer. You know the ageometer? It speeds up. And I'm like, bro, we went to school together. You're looking 65. Nothing wrong with 65, but I'm just saying, you know, the brother. What happened to you? They were being selfish in the marriage relationship. And the marriage, it beat you up. It, marriage, marriage the, it comes with a club to beat up people who are selfish. Marriage is brutal to selfish. Did, that, did, that, did I get that point home? Now I can move on. Was that encouraging? Is that encouraging? We should be hearing these words. We should be hearing these words. Tell me what you want to be paid. All believers should be hearing these words on a regular basis. Tell me what you want to be paid. What's a fair wage? And so he named his wages, you know, and, and he got paid his wage. Actually, what he named was he wanted Rachel. And so he said, I want Rachel. I'll be honest with you, I want Rachel. And he said, okay, work. And so he worked for Rachel for seven years. And then he, he, he got tricked into uh, marrying Leah. And so he had to work another seven years to get Rachel. And after the 14 years of, of uh, you know, trying to get this woman, he then came and he said, listen, now I, I'm, I'm ready, 14 years. Now I'm ready to start my own business. And this is, this is, this is powerful. He says this in, in chapter 30 of Genesis, verse 25, I'm reading in the New King James. He says, and it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, uh, that Joseph said to uh, Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and to my own country. And here's the principle in Luke 16, uh, verse 10, is that if you're faithful with something that belongs to somebody else, only then... Then are you ready for something that belongs to you? And so for Jacob, it took 14 years for him to be ready to own his own business. He had practiced. uh, See, for some people, it may take six months for you to be at this place. But it's going to take a whole lot of faithfulness. Now, for most of us, myself included, I needed more years. I needed more years to to learn this faithfulness thing. Because when I was in college, man, I wasn't faithful. I would be clowning around in class. And and, and guess what? The time was ticking away. I should have been faithful. I should have been studying. And, you know, I'll be clowning around. And when it's two weeks before exams, I'm going to study and I'm trying to cheat the system. Unfortunately, I didn't realize there was a bigger system you can't cheat. He who is faithful with the little will also be faithful with much. And so I couldn't cheat that system. And so because I didn't do it well, when I graduated, when I then went into the marketplace, I had to start at the bottom of the bottom. What God was doing is giving me another chance to prove myself faithful. In the first three years, I didn't get it. Just cheating the system. I'd go to the office, leave my jacket in there on the, on the chair, and then leave at about 11. As long as they saw the jacket, they thought I was in the neighborhood. Praise God. And so for years, I never heard those words, what would you like to be paid? Nobody ever said that to me. Finally, it appeared to me that something was wrong. And I had to fix something. And then I realized, hey, if you are not faithful, God is the one responsible for promotion. But if you are not faithful, God is not bringing that promotion to you. And so I had to change my ways. 
took me a long time. Found out when I was around 27, 28. Oh, man, I'd lost many, many years. Can I get an amen? And so for Jacob, it took 14 years to get to a place where he could do this. And he says, verse 26, give me my wives and my children whom whom I've served you for and let me go. You know my service, which I've done for you. He said, you know my title. He said, you know I'm an apostle. He didn't say that. You know, he didn't say, you know, my, I graduated with five distinctions. He didn't say that. What did he say? You know my service. Why? Because life is about serving. What did he say? He says, give, serving gives you what? Access. Is that what Billy said? Uh, on Monday, you know, Marsha was going to see the, the team from the U.S., Gabrielle and them to finalize and doing a recon. He was just doing his... Uh, uh, you know, work and just serving there. And then while he was in the lobby, uh, Billy and Epart and, 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 and Miss Becky came out of the hotel and they saw Marsha. I said, what are you doing? He said, man, I'm just serving. We're doing a recon. He said, why don't you come and join me for lunch? Mm. And so he went and, and had lunch with Billy and Miss Becky for two hours. He's asking all the questions. I mean, he's doing, how did he get there? Service gives you access. Amen. 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 And so he understood that. He said, you know my service. And Laban said to him, please, man, I wish my boss talked to me this way. Did you see what he said in verse 27? I want you to see it. I want you to see it. Verse 27 of Genesis 30. Is there someone in there? What is, uh, verse, uh, verse 27. Verse 27. Verse 27. Is this here? What verse is that? Uh, in, the, in the King James, if you will. In the King James. King James Bible. Uh, New King James, right? NKJV. I pray thee. You know, that's good, but I like that one better. (laughs) He says, and Laban said to him, you you can put this, you can put this, and my boss said to me. (laughs) That's a good place to be. If you bring value, your boss will talk to you this way. Please stay. You know, there are two ways to respond when someone resigns. Please stay or praise the Lord. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? Do I have any bosses in the house? Man, some of you are thinking of your team members right now like, Lord, (laughs) make a way, Lord, make a way for him out of this business. Amen. He said, please stay. If I found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Then he said it again. See, I said to you regularly. This should be happening regularly. He said it again. Name me your wages and I'll give it. And Jacob said to him, you know, I've served you and how your livestock have been with me. For what you had before I came was little, and it has increased to a great amount. Notice he's not trying to spiritualize. See, in the marketplace, then they don't they understand numbers. <laughs> not trying to spiritualize and say, you know, there is now peace in this place. No, they don't. It's an atmosphere. I bring an atmosphere of miracles. Ah. No. This is what he said. He said, when I came, you had little. And it has increased to a great amount. 
the Lord has blessed me, blessed you since my coming. And now, when shall I also provide for my household? What shall I give you? We know the story. And God dropped another, you know, through the Holy Spirit, another divine creative idea. So he went and he said, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, when, when, when the animals uh, conceive, the ones with the spotted and the ones with the stripes are going to belong to me. And that's going to be my shareholding in this company. And the ones that are uh, solid are going to belong to you, uh, Laban. And so what happened after that is, is Laban laughed. He said, man, Young man, you have a deal because uh, typically the the stripes are the exception. If you've looked for uh, looked after cattle in the village, you know that they're not many stripes. They're not many uh, multicolored. It's, it's the it's the bold, it's the solids that are you know the majority. And so God had given him a divine uh, 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 innovation. He had given him a creative idea. And so what he did is he took the animals that had stripes, the strong ones, and every time they would mate, he would put uh, uh, branches in front of them in a shape. Of of a, of a stride. Why? Because you produce what you see. You are what you see. This is why you should get around people that get you to see something different. And then uh, uh, what happened was his animal kingdom started growing bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. That by the time he left the business, he was strong and mighty. But all of this took 14 years of doing what? Of bringing value into the marketplace. Man, this should be our prayer every single morning. What value do I bring? Amen? People don't give you opportunities uh, uh, based on title or how cute you, you may be. They give you opportunities based on how many problems you can solve. I remember many, many years ago, 2018, I'm going to end with this. You know, uh, I got a phone call from one of the big television stations, and they said we wanted, they wanted me to be on their station. And so uh, I was surprised because we didn't think we were doing anything, but only to find out we were bringing value, we were bringing a solution. And what was that solution? It was to bring inspiration. It was to bring understanding to uh, so-called hard-to-understand matters. We were bringing, uh, breaking down the word in a way that you know six-year-olds could understand. And so they wanted that. They wanted value. They were bringing us on television, not because faith sounds cool, but because we could bring a solution. And so they called me and they said, hey, we need to meet with you. And uh, we went, Pastor H and I, we went. And while we were in the meeting, to cut the long story short, they offered us, you know, uh, 52 weeks of, uh, you know, free television, you know, airtime. And, and Christian television airtime costs a lot of money. You know, basically, they put in our laps millions upon millions of television airtime. I remember going to... To, to, to that studio, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm just trying to be myself. I'm going to be myself, right? But, but I didn't realize how overwhelming this whole deal was. But still, you're required to bring value. You're required to bring solutions. I remember walking into uh, the, the, the studio, and they ushered me into the, they had the little you know, salon in there where they would work on you. I didn't know any of this. I, it was my first time. They said, man, we need to work on you. I said, work on me what? You know, they put uh, makeup on me, three layers. They would put three layers of stuff. The first layer they would put uh, was uh, almost like a paste, like a mud type deal. With They would put that layer, and then they would put uh, uh, another one, which is like a powder right and then they would spray another one which is like little uh, bubbles of water spray that and the first the, the first four episodes i didn't i didn't know this true that's the true story the first four episodes it was somebody else doing it and they didn't they, they were not doing it right 
you know. I've got none against people, but there was a sister. The sister walked in on the fourth week, and the sister looked at me and said, man, this is not how you do uh, uh, black people makeup. She, she fixed me. But what was interesting was every time they would finish putting the makeup on, man, I started getting itchy. I don't know whether to scratch. I do. It's like, man, it's getting itchy on my face. I don't this makeup stuff. I'm not used to it. And then they put me in the studio and switch on the lights and they say, you know, we're going we're gonna to record. Now, I remember the first one. The first one. Pastor H was there with me. I said, brother, you're going to have to stay inside the studio. So he stayed inside the studio for moral support. And so he's sitting, he's standing in there with me. And true story, he'll tell you. They said, three, two, one, preach. And so I start preaching. I t- true story. I preached everything I knew and was finished in less than five minutes. <laughs> I didn't realize how long it was. Man, I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. And I realized, you know what? I don't have any more words to say. And, and a miracle happened. True story. Pastor H will tell you. A miracle happened. Praise God for ESCOM. They shut the thing down. <laughs> true story. Boom, shut the electricity down. And so the whole place went dark. Boom, everything went dark. And then they walked in, the director first, he walked in, man, they apologetic. Oh, pastor, we're just so sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. And, and you know, I gotta be, I gotta act like I know where I'm at. I'm the top dog. I gotta, you know, I'm a televangelist now. And so I said, why didn't someone have a backup or something? What's wrong with this place? On the inside, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You are the God of second chances. <laughs> so they put me back in there. And I just took the five minutes and just delayed it. And it fit to 28 minutes. But I'm telling you, what they wanted was solution. You get paid for the value that you bring and not the time that you bring. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Someone shout, God has anointed me with solutions, with value. I'm a game changer. When I go into the marketplace, I bring solutions. Holy Spirit, show me things to come. Show me how to cut a new path in my industry. In my area of calling. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to my heart in the night seasons, in the daytime. Thank you, Lord, for activating me to listen to the Holy Spirit every single hour, every single minute that I'm in the marketplace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I'm telling you, we are the solutions provider. When we go into the marketplace, we don't get intimidated by problems. We love problems. Because God has anointed us for solutions. Whenever there's a problem and you can see it, God has already anointed you to bring a solution to that problem. We got to start looking at life differently. Can I get an amen? 
Then I remember way back in 2008, they didn't have fuel in the car in the country, and half of us were complaining. I'm talking about Zimbabwe, and half of us were complaining that there was no fuel in the country. The other half thought, "Man, I can fix this problem." And the ones who chose to fix the problem are millionaires by now. And so you can either complain about the problem or choose to fix the problem. We are the ones God has anointed to roll the huge stones from the water of the well by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can double the productivity in everything that God has called us to do. God has called us to grow and we will grow. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every single one of your children under the sound of my voice. Lord, I thank you for we have uh, entrepreneurs, we have business people here, we have those you have called to function uh, uh, and grow in a career, a certain line uh, of work. Lord, I just thank you for those you have called even in the ministry, not to just be obsessed with titles and and, and positions, but to realize that we, we are called to bring a solution, we're called to bring value, we're called to serve and to bring something. Lord, I thank you, Father, that as you're shifting uh, the way that we think, Holy Spirit, we are giving you permission to bring solutions, to bring us a path for us to run on. Lord, I just thank you for it, and I give you all the praise. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, and everyone say it, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we want to honor our visitors. and so We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.